The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Could you imagine a car only being able to top out at 14 miles an hour? Was there a lot of, like, accidents that happened at 14 miles an hour? (laughs) You know, like probably not. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh no, we're gonna run into this wall. Let me open the door and step out. Friends, welcome back to the Random Theory Podcast. I'm Grace. I'm Josh. And together, why do you sound so sad, Josh? I don't know. That I really something was up with that intro there. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't know you were starting. Oh, you really like we were talking about <laughs> something and then you like jumped right into it. So, OK, <laughs> so how are you doing? I'm good. I got a new opportunity. I'm going to be ho- live hosting a couple NASC 12 NASCAR races around the country. Yeah. So that's the newest thing I got going on for me. Feels very Are random. So if you're ever that? at one of the races, yeah, I'm really excited. I think it's a really cool opportunity. So if you're ever at a race, um, a NASCAR race, come find me. Come say hello. I'll always be at the NASCAR experience section. <laughs> That's the, all I really I, got. Honestly, the heat, the heat. I just couldn't. You know how I am. Yeah, the- <laughs> I don't even know how you survive band things that are in the heat. Like barely, man, barely. There was a couple of things last <laughs> summer where I, I was almost going down because it was so hot. Gosh. Well, what's new with what's new with you? Well, oh, speaking of banned things, and by the time this podcast comes mm. out, I think it'll have been announced, so I can say this. Uh, you know the Utah band. There's a there's a, a fairly large local Utah band called the National Parks. Um, we I love are them. opening for two of their dates on their tour coming up. Shut up. No, you're not. Yeah, we just got the email about it. They reached out and asked if we would open for their their kickoff show here in Salt Lake and then in Boise, Idaho, I think is the other one. Wait, that is so cool. That's so yeah, awesome. It's cool. We're super excited about it. I mean, they're going to be like huge shows, like yeah. <laughs> bigger than we have ever played um which is a little nerve-wracking but you know we'll go with it i was gonna say how are you feeling are you stoked are you nervous like that's awesome 
um i'm i'm stoked i feel good like i don't i'm not too nervous i mean it is like literally we're you know our biggest show that we've played so far was maybe 500 people you know we did like an outdoor festival thing and there might have been that but like this venue in salt lake max capacity is is 3500 and we're pretty sure they're gonna sell it out yeah so they haven't been on tour in a long time yeah yeah and they're just like they're coming out with an album too like around the whole thing so oh perfect yeah it's very exciting exciting. we're we're super excited for it i think it's gonna be really good for us i'm stoked i'm gonna get tickets if you're a midwestern podcast fan that also happens to enjoy the band the national parks my band will be opening for them and you can you can come and see us live come see josh and the guys live they're really great the game i love lantern by sea should we get into some ratings and reviews yes we shall do you want to go first since mine is a podcast topic from someone for sure i can um i have an email but before we get into that email okay so we got our first as far as i can tell our first negative review on apple Podcasts, which is totally like that happens i don't it's not about that totally okay yeah from uh old listeners heard us talk about trying to figure out the back-end analytics of apple we finally got that figured out we have like way more reviews that i didn't even know we had so thank you to all those people everyone in like other countries we didn't even know we had those reviews um (laughs) so now we do seriously yeah there was like 10 from australia Australia, I promise we love you. <laughs> like, yeah. We've called you out several times for being scary, but we do like you. <laughs> but anyways, I saw that we had a negative review recently. Um, and, you know, they mentioned that they came over from our YouTube channel, T-Core, um, because we had mentioned it there a couple of times. They wanted to see what it was about. And they specifically mentioned that they don't care how many flights Grace has taken and we that there's just too much jibber-jabber is their exact words, um, and not enough science. <laughs> and the fact that they said they came over from TCOR and then specifically called out Grace. Now, for listeners that don't know, uh, Grace has received a lot of criticism from old fans on our YouTube channel, TCOR. And luckily, a lot none of that really spilled over to the podcast. You know, it was new fans that they listened because they liked mm-hmm. us, and that was great. And so seeing this review and specifically seeing them calling out how many flights Grace has been on, you know, they didn't say, I'm sick of Josh talking about his band. (laughs) You know, it's a little hard to take that seriously and not be like, come on, dude. Like, also, it's a podcast starring us and we're going to talk about ourselves. Like, it's it's more casual. It's yeah. not a T-Core YouTube video, you know? We want to talk about right. our lives and stuff a little bit and also have, like, a deeper connection with fans um, that we don't get to have on YouTube necessarily. That's the point of a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Take it slow, chit-chat, hang out. Well, and, it, and it's like achieving both, right? Because we're able to take it slow and hang out and chit chat and so Mm -hmm. you know hopefully gain a deeper connection and that's why you know when we ask for ratings and reviews and emails we're like tell us a little bit about yourself because we want to know you guys too yeah but then also Mm -hmm. 10 minutes in we get to the topic and it's science so we're also getting that as well but i'm not calling it out to like say what the heck guy or you know whatever um yeah 
I'm mostly calling it out, one, to genuinely ask, you know, listeners out there, what do you think about us talking at the beginning? Like, do we talk too much about just chit-chatting random stuff? Should we just start the podcast and start right with the topic? Um, So that's like the first thing. And then also, like, I guess old toxic T-Core fans that hate Grace, this is not a place for you. Like, you're not you're not going to be happy here. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but maybe find a different podcast. That's it. Yeah. To be a little frank, like, you're not really, yeah, you're not really welcome here. Um, <laughs> this is a no. positive and loving and kind environment. And yeah. I think the funny part, honestly, the funny part about it is he's like, I don't care how many flights Grace has taken. I didn't take those flights for fun it's not like I was traveling for fun I wasn't traveling for vacation I wasn't traveling for all these trips I was traveling for T-Core to make yeah, videos you, for <laughs> yeah this you were Rai flying guy. to like, Utah to make videos <laughs> I'm sorry you're disappointed Rai guy but go find a different podcast I yeah you're I not mean, everyone's cup of tea and we'll yeah. never be everyone's cup of tea so yeah which that's, that's fine not. you know no not everyone has to love everything that anyone puts out you know and obviously right. you're always going to get somebody that doesn't like it and i and I, I honestly like i don't care that someone voices that they don't like it you know if you're coming from t-core where we have faced so much of this negative backlash and now you're bringing that into the podcast which is very much just grace and myself like we built this thing up and it is our little thing then like yeah you're not gonna like it here like don't just don't be here because you're not gonna like it we and just also won't tolerate it. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, like we we want we we want to build a awesome little community of the science pals who are friends and love to learn about cool stuff. That's it. Yeah. Well, thank you for def- defending me. I appreciate it. <laughs> but again, like I said, I, I put out the question: like other fans, listeners, let us know. Like, is there too much talking? Is there not enough? Do you want to hear more? Because, like I said, constructive criticism. I I'm totally open for that. Like I love that. I was actually talking to Hacksmith about it. We were talking about like how sad someone has to be to come in and drop like a negative comment. Yeah, like a random person on the internet whom you've never met. This person is not monetarily invested in us. Uh we don't we don't owe them anything and they don't owe us anything and they don't have an actual personal connection to us. You know, we don't know them, they don't yeah. know us. And, you know, this was just one review on our podcast, but really, I think we're both talking more from our the YouTube side of things. We're talking from our deep trauma that we both have experienced in the past year. <laughs> yeah, which like if you want to if you want to hear more about that, uh, listen to our what was it like social media podcast we did? Yeah. So we did it was 30 episode 35 and 36. OK. Uh, social media is more damaging than you think. So if you want to hear us talk more in depth about how this has affected us on a big scale, go check that out. Okay, I'm going to hurry and run through this email and we'll get into the uh, into the topic. But this was from the Christmas episode. And remember how we like emailed them in and said, hey, like, what were your answers? Terrellin, Terrellin, they gave us five stars, which says like review and then five emoji stars. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's so sweet. That's so creative. Um, And then they said, knock, knock. Who's there? Cotton. Cotton who? Cotton a trap. Can you help me out? (laughs) (laughs) 
was a good one. I was not expecting that. That's great. Yeah, that's a, I've never heard that one. That one's really good. So then they, they listed their Christmas answers, which it looks like they got two wrong. Only two wrong oh, wow. on the Christmas quiz, which is pretty great. Um, and then they went on to say, this is a great podcast. Thanks. They also said Merry Christmas. Thank you for that Merry Christmas. It's February now when I'm reading this, but Merry I still Christmas enjoy it. Merry Christmas to you too. Yeah, year <laughs> round. Merry Christmas all year round. So thank you so much, Terrellyn. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, thank you so Thanks, much for Thanks, Terrellyn. All right, what you got? Mine is the topic for today. This came from T-Man121397. I hope okay. that is not something to do with your social. This is a scary story. Oh, they gave us five stars. So thank you, T-Man. Oh, right on, T-Man. I'm assuming this is referencing from the ghost podcast probably we did. Yes. Do you yes. think? Okay. So this says, this is a scary story and it's true. When I was a little kid at my grandparents, they had a back room with a sliding glass door. When I was about three years old, I looked outside of the sliding glass door and saw a pale white man with red eyes. It scared the crap out of me, and I didn't go into that room for a year. 19 years later, that room would become mine. LOL, never saw him again. I know they say kiddos or kids sometimes can see what adults can't. P.S. This was supposed to be a hello one. LOL. P.S. A good idea for the podcast is the evolution of automobiles. Wow. A terrifying story. I don't like that. The turn of it being his room as well. Like I, I don't know if I would have been able to no. to move into that room. No, you could not have made me move into that room. But anyway, um, automobiles, am I right? Cars. T-Man, this podcast is for you. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for the podcast idea and topic. We are like super stoked about this. I'm not a car person, are you? I am not really at all a car person i mean i enjoy certain things about cars but i don't it's not something that i'm really interested in i like that they get me to point a to point b what was your first car that you ever owned i will tell you and get into the rest of this podcast after this really quick break bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc okay my first car was a camry yeah my parents were like this is the safest bubble we can put her in what about you are we counting are we talking first car like that i owned or just first car that i drove first car you drove oh okay well then that would be a truck i drove a truck actually can you picture me driving a truck you drove a truck i yeah it was my dad's dodge like a, he had like a silver dodge truck 
and I drove it all through high school, you know, 16 to when I graduated all through high school. And yeah, I hated it. I, I, it, it, I mean, it was great. Like it was a good truck. It was nice. And thanks dad yeah. for letting me drive your truck. But um, I did not. I was very happy when I got a little Dodge Dart car. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you drive a stick? Not well, but my parents made me learn. Okay. In case I, of like an emergency situation where I was at a party or something and like I was the only sober one, they were like, you should learn how to do this out of safety and to be a good person. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I tried when I was like 15. We had an old, like really old Ford truck or something. And mm-hmm. I almost like killed my brother dry- trying to drive oh, it. Oh, gosh. It was a whole thing. He was like in the back and I did. He was like, just pull it forward a little bit. And I didn't know how to do it. You know, I didn't know how to shift and do the thing. And yeah, man, I gunned that thing. And he I think he like flew out the back. I don't know. I don't remember what happened. Um, oh, my gosh. He's fine. He's fine. That's all. The, okay. That's it's that's fine. all that matters. And then I, I like briefly kind of learned how to drive one. But now, like if I sat down in a manual car, I it would be rough. It'd be really rough. It would be bad. Same. I couldn't. I would be able to figure it out, I think, but it would not be good. I don't do it well. Let's be very yeah. clear. Like, I don't do it well. It's like an emergency situation. I could do it. Yeah. And figure it yeah. out, I think. You might actually be surprised to find electric vehicles aren't actually a new concept. Oh, really? Really. The first automobiles actually ran on steam and electricity. And the first vehicles were developed in the late 1700s. Oh, wow. So those first vehicles were powered by steam. And it was an energy source that had been used for many years to power trains. However, it wasn't until the 1870s that the steam power became more practical for small vehicles. Despite improvements, there were still a lot of shortcomings. Steam-powered vehicles took a very long time to start up, and their range was incredibly limited. That's why no one ever drove them far distances. Everyone just drove them in town. It's like why they were called town cars. You were just taking it out on the town. You weren't going on a road trip. Yeah. So then the 1800s roll around. Inventors around the world began building electric-powered buggies. A few decades later, an inventor in England and France created vehicles that were much closer to the modern-day EVs or electric vehicles. So in 1890, William Morrison built the first electric car in the U.S. The car could go 14 miles per hour. Could you imagine a car only being able to top out at 14 miles an hour? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, what's a I don't know what a horse and buggy tops out at, but, you know. Right. How does I guess I don't know how that compares to the other means of travel. But, yeah, I mean modern day cars are going like 80 or something Mm -hmm. um that would be so rough that would be so rough to (laughs) go anywhere also was there a lot of like accidents that happened at 14 miles an hour (laughs) you know like probably not (laughs) yeah just like oh no we're gonna run into this wall let me open the door and step out literally literally i think the other crazy part is they could fit six people oh wow i had no idea that there was old-timey EVs. 
So within 10 years, a third of the vehicles in the U.S. were electric. And electric vehicles were popular because they weren't as difficult to start as steam and gas combustion engines. And operation didn't involve difficult gear shifts. Like today, the first EVs were quiet and didn't emit smelly air pollution. Why did we go away from this? Why did we just I not was, continue to improve the technology? I was just about to make that comment. Like, can <laughs> you imagine, like, what a, a split in history. Like, had we never developed or furthered gas cars and yeah. we were just like, yeah, electric. That's what we're going to make from now on. If we would have just been like, William Morrison, you are a groundbreaking man. We will continue to improve this technology. Imagine where we would be with batteries. Oh, man, that is, that is crazy. And just probably like imagine where we would be with electric um, electricity production because obviously it would have we would have needed more oh, yeah. and more efficient. So we would have like, you know, we talked about a couple podcasts ago about the whole um, mm-hmm. fusion generation. Like maybe yeah. that would have already happened. Like we maybe we would have solved the energy crisis or right. something. Like I'm literally looking out my window because I'm in New York right now and I'm looking out my window and all I can think is like imagine the streets of New York and like the electricity and the power and the grid. Like yeah. imagine where we could have been if we would have continued on this road of clean electricity, clean technology, clean, clean, clean instead of like well, gas can get us farther and they're better. And <laughs> da, 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 like, ugh, we're going to get into cheaper. it. But, yeah, and cheaper. But like, I just think it's so fascinating. So meanwhile, in 1898, so keep in mind, like these electric guys are 1890. This is Crazy. happening in 1898. Ferdinand Porsche did something revolutionary. He created the first hybrid vehicle oh. that was powered by electricity and gas. It was a blueprint for the hybrids that would be built more than a hundred years later. Wow. I just think it's so crazy because like I remember when like the Prius was created. Yeah. And everyone thought it was like groundbreaking. Well, that's what like this is blowing my mind right now. Like I I thought (laughs) all of this tech was new-ish tech. Yeah. Not 1800s tech. Literally. Literally. That's crazy. Also, Porsche. Interesting. It's just so fascinating. This whole thing blew my mind, honestly. All right. Now we move on to Mr. Benz, Carl Benz. Oh. As of Mercedes Benz. I was going to say, I have an inkling of what he might have (laughs) invented. So in 1885... Carl's Ben, who invented the first gas-powered car, which he later received a patent for in 1886. So the invention of gas-powered automobiles, like we just said, marked the beginning of a vehicular evolution in America. So the first cars didn't have windshields, doors, turn signals, or even a round steering wheel. In fact, (laughs) they were a far cry than what we would have been accustomed to. It can be said that Carl Benz's first gas-powered car was a major catalyst for the production of modern automobiles, as many automakers followed in his footsteps trying to create their own version of a car. How many people do you think died making (laughs) making those first cars? A lot. A lot. Especially no doors. They didn't have any rules. I was about to say, they didn't have any rules of the road back then either. Oh, yeah. That's true. 
People were just going. So at the time, all of this is happening with Carl Benz um, and other individuals. Uh, the electric vehicles uh, were on their... It was on their way to being the norm. Like an electric car was going to be the norm. Dude, that's so crazy. Right? The fact that that was happening in 18... Like 1890-ish, you know, 1890s. Yeah. And now that is happening now. Like electric vehicles yeah. are on their way to being the norm. It could have happened in 1890. <laughs> but there was one problem with the early electric vehicles. People were interested in owning them, but the elaborate mechanics were too expensive for the middle class. Uh, it, is there you always, go. it is always, always, always going to be that way. I don't care where you are, what is happening in the world. If there is new technology... The rich are the only people that are going to be able to afford it. And then it trickles down. That is how it will always be. That is how it has always been done. So like this makes me upset because it makes me feel like they were like, oh, well, the middle class can't afford it. Well, they could have if you kept pushing and creating a better car because the rich are going to want this better and better thing. And then like stuff trickles down. I hate that it's that way, but it's just the way that it is. Had they kept pursuing it and innovating you know things would have also been cheaper because they would have found better ways to do it yes. and, and less expensive ways to do it perhaps you know cheaper materials cheaper costs to build whatever uh right so those costs could have came down so now we are in 1908 okay mr henry ford comes onto the scene ah i've heard of him Yes, the Model T. I feel like if you were to ask someone like about an old timey vehicle, it's going to be the Model T that someone like can recognize. It's always the, it's always the Model T. It's always the Model. It's T. like it's the most for me. It's like when somebody says like, "Hey, a guitar." It's always uh, like an electric guitar. It's always yeah. a Fender Stratocaster. Like every like oh, okay. graphic image of it, it's always the outline of a Fender Stratocaster. To me, oh, interesting. it's like, yeah, old-timey car, Model T. That's the car. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until Henry Ford's 1908 Model T that automobiles started to resemble what were and are familiar today. Thanks to Ford's invention of the assembly line and gas-powered Model T, it could be mass-produced and became affordable for general population. What I think is very interesting is Ford had actually been working with Thomas Edison to create a better battery for electric vehicles, but the success of the affordable Model T halted the progress. Oh, that's frustrating. Right? Wow. So literally, Henry Ford figured out the assembly line and was like, wait, I got it. We can do this better, faster, cheaper. Everyone can have a car was working with our homie Thomas Edison, but the affordable Model T was just like popping off and they were like, wait, we got to focus on this. We can't focus on this electric thing. Uh, Could you imagine uh, if they would have like figured out this electric thing, how to mass produce it so that, but and make it affordable? That's literally like what we were saying. Like they were innovate, they were yeah. getting to that point where it could have been cheaper. Yes. But then it was like, well, but this thing's easier and and is doing better. Like, do that instead. Oh, man. So annoying. 
Yes. So another factor was the invention of the electric starter in 1912. It eliminated the need to hand crank gas powered vehicles. Oh, yeah. Once oil was discovered in Texas and gasoline became cheap, gas powered vehicle sales began to surge. All I can say is like anyone that owns an electric car now is laughing because the gas prices have been ridiculous. Like, Everything with gas has just been so absurd. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I, if electric cars could get me farther, like imagine if we've been working on an electric battery since 1912. Imagine where we would be. And I'm not talking about like, oh, but we were working on it, Grace. No, I'm talking about like, we were like, screw the gas, screw the oil. It's not a renewable source. Let's focus on energy. Yeah. If we were like mass producing that technology like everyone was yeah. focusing on that technology because yeah i mean i'm sure there obviously there were people still like working on it in small scale or whatever but yeah if that was the only thing that people were doing i mean yeah like because that's my thing i would love to own an electric vehicle and the day when the yeah. day comes that it makes sense for me absolutely i'm selling my gas car electric vehicle but Yep. But yeah, for me and my needs, it's just not there. I, obviously, the the price is high and the range mm -hmm. on the battery is just not quite far enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, if we would have been working on that for, since 1912, I think those things would have been pretty, pretty good. Basically, today, the opposite is true. The high cost of gas, just what we just talked about, the high cost of gas and pollution concerns have helped electric vehicles make a comeback. Yeah. And Edison would be happy to know that the latest EVs have batteries that will go up to 400 plus miles. Yeah, some can even do over 500. Oh, really? I mean, off the top of my head, I know that the like highest end Tesla Model S can do, I think, over 500 and I mean, it obviously depends on how you're driving it and whatever, but it was funny. Like you had that crowd of people that are there that are for some reason, for some reason, it doesn't make sense. They are some for some reason fighting electric vehicles. And one of their things was like, because, yeah, you would have people being like, well, I don't you know, I'm just plugging this into my wall. And they'd be like, well, well but what about your power bill? Like it's skyrocketing. And it's like, yeah, if you own an electric vehicle, your power bill is going to go up. But it's still going to be nowhere near the cost of filling up a tank of gas for right. $6 a gallon. Um, Literally. And and the other big argument, uh, this is one actually that I think I like talked to my dad about or whatever, because he, he wasn't like pushing back, but he just, was just curious. He was saying like, you know, when you plug your car into your wall, that power is still coming from like a coal burning power plant. Um, so it's not clean. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. You know that that is true in especially in Utah, um, but in a lot of the world still, a lot of power is still not uh, clean. However, right, that can change. A gas-powered mm -hmm. car is always going to burn gas. Yes, and so that that was like my big thing. I was like, yes, an electric car can the source of that electricity can change. But a gas-powered car, that source of electricity, that source of energy cannot. I think the part for me is, like, for the T-Core house, for example. Yeah. Our, the person that, Janae, that owns T-Core, she has solar panels on the house. Yeah. And our energy bill each month is, like, 
a couple dollars. Yeah, it's like nothing. Because of, yeah, because of the the solar panels. So like there's ways to do it. I mean, we're creating solar panel fields yeah. at this point. Yeah. Like there are fields around airports that are solar panels to help reduce the energy cost. And that's the thing of like, it's constantly evolving and get it because solar used to be incredibly expensive and it's it's starting to advance and come down in price and yep. complexity but it, yeah it's that mm-hmm. same thing of like if this was had been the focus from the 1800s like um Could you imagine imagine everything would you know we'd have solar everywhere and it would be so efficient <laughs> everywhere um yeah yeah uh, buildings would be constructed out of things to help make them solar panels themselves you know like It'd be crazy. Elon Musk's solar roof they have or whatever that you can Mm -hmm. get. That's like the actual tiles of your roof are solar panels. Yeah. It's like, yeah, stuff like that could have been the norm. For sure. Now that we know the history, let's talk about how a car cars. I did not expect this one to be as, as big as it is, but you know. I did not either. Literally, when I saw this one, I was like, okay, fine. We'll do the history of automobiles. Like, I'm not really that into it. But, like, yeah. if that's what they want, like, let's do it. I am so, like, geared up right now. Get it? Gear. Car joke, geared up. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, so jazzed about this. Like, I just think it is so fascinating. Yeah. Like, I'm all about it. So, let's talk about how a car cars. Okay. So, for most people... A car is a thing you fill with gas that moves you from point A to point B. But have you ever stopped and thought, how does it actually do that and what makes it move? Unless you've already adopted into an electric car as your daily driver, the magic of how this happens comes down to internal combustion engines. Mm. So that thing that makes noise under your hood. Yeah. Yeah. That the engine, <laughs> that old, that old guy. But what that old guy, you know. Yeah. But what makes it work? So specifically, an internal combustion engine is a heat engine in that it converts energy from the heat of a burning gasoline into mechanical work or torque. That torque is applied to the wheels that make the car move. And unless you are driving an ancient two-stroke Saab. Your engine works on the same basic principles, whether you're wheeling around a Ford or a Ferrari. So engines have pistons and these move up and down inside metal tubes called cylinders. So you've probably heard of like a four cylinder, a two cylinder, a six cylinder, I think, an eight cylinder. And that's how many cylinders are inside, I think. Don't quote me on that. Probably look that up. So imagine you're riding a bicycle. Your legs move up and down to turn the pedals. Pistons are connected via rods. They're basically like your shins in a way. And this is then connected to a crankshaft. And they move up and down to spin the engine's crankshaft, the same way your legs spin on the bike, which in turn powers the bike driver wheel or the car's driver wheels. Depending on the vehicle, they're typically between 2 and 12 cylinders in an engine, with a piston moving up and down in each. What powers those pistons up and down are thousands of tiny controlled explosions occurring each time. And this is created by mixing fuel with oxygen and igniting that mixture. Each time the fuel ignites is called the combustion or the power stroke. The heat and expanding gases from the mini explosions push the pistons down into the cylinder. 
I think that's crazy that we're driving around a bunch of little explosions. <laughs> that is really funny to think. Like literally as you drive, thousands of explosions are happening constantly. So think about that. The next time you're driving, your day's a little boring. Just be like, but I've got many explosions all around me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little terrifying to think about, honestly. Almost all of today's internal combustion engines, to keep this very simple, are often of the four-stroke variety. Beyond the combustion stroke, which pauses the piston down from the top of the cylinder, there are three other strokes, intake, compression, and exhaust. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So there can be like 12 to two cylinders. And basically within each piston, there are four strokes that happen. Which is like meaning probably like four different positions that the piston is in, right? Like as it goes down or up. So engines need air. They obviously need oxygen to burn fuel. During the intake stroke, valves open to allow the piston to act like a syringe as it moves downward. This draws in ambient air through the engine's intake system. When the piston reaches the bottom of its stroke, the intake valve closes, effectively sealing the cylinder for the compression stroke, which is in the opposite direction as the intake stroke. The upward movement of the piston compresses the intake charge. So now we're compressing air. Okay. In today's most modern engines, gasoline is injected directly into the cylinders near the top of the compression stroke. So other engines premix the air and fuel during the intake stroke. But in either case, just before the piston reaches the top of its travel, known as the top dead center, spark plugs. Everyone knows about a little bit about spark plugs. Sure. I don't know what they do, but they do something for this right here. Spark plugs ignite the air and fuel mixture. You know, that makes sense. That's a nicely named thing, I guess. Yes, it's a you know, spark plug. <laughs> it's doing a spark. I actually, yeah, I never knew what spark plugs did. I just knew that they were important. So I'm glad to know that a spark plug ignites the air and fuel mixture. I also Very cool. did not know what they do. But I feel like that's like the common in a movie of like somebody working on a car and they're like, oh, I got to get the spark plug. Got to fix the spark plug. Uh, and, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's a car thing. So the resulting expansion of hot burning gases push the piston in the opposite direction, which is down. Nice. During the combustion stroke. This is the stroke that gets the wheels on your car rolling, just like when you push down the pedals of a bike. When the combustion stroke reaches the bottom dead center, the exhaust valve is open to allow the combustion gases to get pumped out of the engine. Basically like a syringe expels air. And this is happening as the piston comes up again. When the exhaust is expelled, it continues through the car's exhaust system before exiting the back of the vehicle. The exhaust valve closes at top dead center and the whole process starts over again. And that happens so fast. I was good. That was my first thing of like, that happens so fast. That is how cars car. That is it. Wild. Maybe maybe in the future, because this was, you know, obviously we ended it with how an internal combustion engine car cars. Maybe we need to yeah. do how an EV cars. Ooh, I like that. If you guys want that, let us know. Yeah. But wow, I did not expect this was like a fat one. It was a long, long pod. Like, I feel like I learned so much. I definitely did. Uh, Listeners out there, I hope you feel as though you've learned something new. 
All right. Well, I guess we'll see everyone next week when we talk about... Next week is actually a very special episode. I, uh, I am not in it, but Grace interviews James from the YouTube channel The Hacksmith. It's another long one, so buckle in. Oh, man. Lots of long pods lately. Well, that's that. I guess I'm going to go just like rev the engine on my car a little bit. (laughs) When you're driving around, you can just be like, hear those those little explosions. (laughs) Talk about being that person. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, Science Pals, remember to send us an email at... Uh, RandomTheoryPod at gmail.com. Or drop us a rating and review on Apple Pods. We appreciate it so much, and we love you guys more than you know. We'll see you in the next one. Bye, everyone. Bye. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc